Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I am super excited to have someone new to the gym, new to the network, but I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi there, everybody. I'm Josh Reistead from Detentions and Dragons, a podcast geared toward helping educators bring Dungeons and Dragons into the classroom. Super glad to be here, and I was told there were free towels. Are there actually free towels, yo, with the membership? As long as you wipe down the machines you use. Ah, that's perfect. Yes. Free towels. That's great. For Love everyone. it. Perfect. And we're going to tie back today to episode 146, Treasure Maps, which featured Josh Lorimer. <laughs> I love that guy. He's great. You have a beard. He has a beard. You're Josh. He's Josh. I mean, I, I could not have picked a better person. And we're going to talk about Diamnastics number 120, boldly going back where someone else already went. Oh, which of Star course Trek. Is oh, a I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I, that is your pop culture reference for today. So today's exercise, I've, I really stretched out for this one because it is one of my favorite exercises. I love this. I love doing these uh, and providing them for the game. Treasure map time. I love treasure maps. Great thing to give to a, to a player and uh, have them try to decipher it. So first thing we're going to do or look at um, through the forums is how is the map made? Uh, second thing would be uh, where was it found? How was it obtained by somebody or the player or whoever? Who made the map is the third one. What does the map lead to is number four. Number five is why did the maker of the map want a map to the hidden thing? And number six is kind of fun. What is the twist to following the map? A uh, puzzle, satisfying puzzle, an aha moment, or something sneaky or hidden about the map that may or may not lead the players to where they need to go. So this looks like quite a routine. Let's jump on in. I want to say I believe in us and I I mean you already stretched we're ready to go. So the question the first question I have for you though is which of the forum posts kind of stood out to you that you want to highlight? I would really like to highlight uh the one by Oodles with uh, two zeros but Oodles and I like this because I I I know D&D is in this fantasy realm and this my mindset and there's magic and maps can be magical but also I'm a science teacher and how he kind of designed this map, I could see a lot of potential where it kind of goes from, oh, it's magic to, hmm, this might be like an alchemist making this or somebody who has some knowledge of the science. And I'll explain that uh, kind of as I go through it. So uh, Oodles writes uh, for the first step, the map was drawn on a piece of leather, somewhat foreign to the touch, unlikely something identifiable by the players, see below, with invisible ink. The map is revealed only when cow's blood, uh, about a pint in total, is brushed over the surface. Now, I like this because, A, it's something hidden, and B, that alchemical kind of component, if you happen to create an ink that might have a magnetic effect, and then you you smear cow's blood over it that might have a certain iron content, causing the uh, the blood to stick to that that invisible magnetic ink, I think that's a great idea. I think I think that would that would be definitely some kind of fun little twist, a little bit of flavor on that. I think it's really creative. Second part, uh, the map having been inscribed on leather was one of the few things to survive the damaging fires from the Temple of Taxio about a century ago. So here we have kind of the buildup 
you know, it's an it's an ancient map. It survived a fire. Hmm, somehow it survived a fire. How'd that happen? Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. a kind of a mystery behind it. Uh, the third part is the makers were the last of a small estranged cult, divergent from I'm gonna mess this up, Shantia, who believed that through ritual sacrifice of cattle they could bring forth their own demigod, half bull, half man god of cattle and war, similar to Exalted Alt. A uh, little bit about me. I I am a big, not only science fan, but I'm a big history fan, particularly that of uh, ancient cultures like ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, and uh, this really spoke to me. Kind of uh, that's very you know that ties into a lot of uh, ancient cultures. Uh, the the sacrifice of cattle for you know various deities. It makes sense why it would be cow's blood versus anybody else's blood that activates the map. Yeah, and it also makes me immediately start to play in my mind of, is it going to end up being mazes and tying back to the idea of minotaurs being in mazes? Oh, like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. The layer, many layers. Well done. Yeah, many layers on top of this. The fourth part refers to a hidden temple in the Badland foothills. Uh, the temple is prepared, stocked, and ready for a final sacrifice. Now, again, this map was written centuries ago, so they are basically on an like a archaeology mission and finding this ancient temple you know and not to play a trope on the skyrim thing i don't think fully stocked means fresh food and uh, provisions <laughs> down below i think things are rotten and stuff but i mean you could have artifacts you could have pens of cows that have like died centuries ago and that's filled with with uh like cattle bones and things and then whatever else lives beneath there as you said minotaurs some kind of half bull creature, half bull, half man, something. Well, and like you said, I mean, it, that it could be things that aren't as perishable. You know, I mean, there's incense, there's canopic jars, there's all of the things for whatever that final sacrifice may be. Ritual daggers, um, and that could also then tie into yet another thing if you wanted to extend the mission, like use this as a jumping off point. So really love it. Number five, their work was certainly looked down upon by many. So this was definitely a uh, not a popular uh, group, either as blasphemous, unnatural, appalling, evil, or any of the combination thereof. Many tried to stop uh, and destroyed the cult. As a result, it was decided that the world was perhaps not yet ready and they would become dormant until a more appropriate time. So kind of a sleeper cell effect. Are they still around? Who might be carrying this ancient ritual and maybe, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing for a later kind of encounter. So, really cool. I, I There's a lot of potential in this one. The twist. So, number six. What is the twist? With over a century since the map's creation, an unluckily 200-year storm in the Badland uh, foothills during that time, the courses of many rivers have changed, and the secret temple's entrance is completely underwater and half under silt. These changes will make the map hard to follow, uh, and even if followed successfully, will lead to a place where the door cannot possibly exist. If the players are successful in accessing the temple, uh, which is remarkably well-preserved and still ready for the final sacrifice... Uh, if they choose to perform this rite, the demigod will appear and favor them greatly, provided they have the available will- willing woman to become the first mortal bride. Otherwise, he will be enraged and destructive. That is from Rorik. Indeed. I love this. 
if this appeared in like a module or like just taking it from here, uh, this is a great, like you could create tons of stuff from this. This is, this is well done. Oodles. Good job there. Yeah. It's so, I mean, like you said, it's so layered with so many things and that twist from Rourke adding in so much more. So yes, well done oodles. So that leads us to, what I think is a fantastic idea because I think it's something you could easily implement in that. I mean, I'm not saying you can't make an invisible ink leather map. I'm saying it's probably not that easy. Mm -hmm. Indeed. <laughs> and so the one I want to highlight is from DM Vegas because they talked about a map written in Gnomish on a piece of parchment that tells you how to essentially walk through a dungeon maze correctly. If you don't have it, who's to say what terrible things may befall you, but if you do have it, you follow it correctly, then you can get through. So it was found on a dead gnome. Who knows? And then I like that there's just enough to ask a ton of questions from their answers. Like, well, okay, where was this dead gnome? But leaving that to you to fit into your campaign is perfect. And the, ne the dead gnome was named Alvin Cogsbottom. Perfect gnomish name. You got to have something mechanical with a body part of some sort. Yes. And I, <laughs> and I know which part. And I also like the idea of being in the, the being in the dungeon, frustrated by the map and shouting out, Alvin! <laughs> That's great. Uh, and so the map leads to the entrance of a mirror maze and how to navigate through it. And at the end is the gnomes essentially like, estate if you will because the gnome didn't trust banks so they built mm. a maze to hide that to hide it away so the trick comes in by having the map like the only way you can read it correctly is to actually view it in a mirror perfect that's i was yeah <laughs> that's great you could easily implement this at your table because mm -hmm. you're like you're looking at the map you're like okay i totally get it but it's so clear. Like I, I see what I I see exactly what we should be doing, and we keep getting hurt. We keep fighting monsters, running into dead ends, getting into traps, you know. And then I wonder if maybe there could even be like a clue on the map, like a word written backwards, like purposely backwards. Like everything else in the text is fine except for one, like maybe even the word mirror, mm -hmm. and that would be your clue point, yo. Know? And they're, they're like, why is this word written backwards? And, and maybe that triggers something. It's like, oh, wait. And they run to the, like the bathroom or like somebody has like something in a, in a purse, like a little compact. And they, they start reading it and looking at it. It's like, oh, great. We found it. I love. So I, have, I love your idea. And I also love the idea of making it a proper name. So then it's harder to pick out like the, the maze of Rorum. So just saying mirror backwards. The other thing I thought was to somehow have the word reflection be like layered into like some of the sayings on the map. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good clue. Like successful on self reflection or something like that. Yeah. Reflecting back on the path you took. Ooh. You know? Oh, what if you had to follow it one way and follow it the other way based on the mirror? Ooh, like magical, like you reach a certain point and now you've got to follow it backwards because mm -hmm. the, the maze now has, shifted behind you yep oh that is that is devious oh, <laughs> that is good. great perfect so we've done it we've highlighted some forum users but we've got to start lifting the mental weights ourselves right right now 
Oh, yes. Okay. Ah, stretching. Stretching. All right. Let's add it. Let's add it. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Okay. So we, we can just go back and forth. We'll do it together. But question number one was how was this map made? All right. So I've kind of got in a current campaign I'm doing, they started off as land pirates and then they got a ship. So I'm kind of set in a, in a nautical theme. Okay. And one of the things I happen to really enjoy doing right now, though not on illegal ivory or things like that, but is Scrimshaw. Oh. Um, and I'm right now working on making a Scrimshaw map. So I'm thinking something on a tooth, like a, a like a like a huge triangular tooth, about two feet tall and a foot wide, ridges on either side of it. People who aren't careful cut themselves. It's still sharp. Mm. ancient sea beast and this thing is just delicately carved in i love the idea of non-traditional maps i mean because everything can be on paper but now it's on a tooth a giant tooth of a sea beast yeah so how is the map found oh okay so using that idea what if it was still in the creature Ooh, that's a good one like you come across a like a skeleton of a creature, like washed up on the shore or you're swallowed by said creature. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, like the, they fight it, they defeat it, and then they, they're they looking through it. And then almost the idea of like someone was trapped in there. So then like their final act was like scrimshawing this map into the tooth of this beast. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is great. Yeah. And it could be like, okay, I got something here. It could be like a pirate captain and something to me i was like playing the the you know non-typical characters into like dwarves mm -hmm. you don't usually think of dwarves as seagoing folk right yeah. they're usually mountains they like the they like the earth so a dwarven captain a pirate of sorts something with a funny name like uh harold grog spittle or something like that yeah. or uh or Gondir Grog Spitter. Tire ship just swallowed by this ginormous leviathan of a whale and tries to escape, has this treasure hoard off of, I don't know, the somewhere in the trackless sea near, near Chult. Yep. And just starts like he's caught, like I would even imagine like he's caught within the mouth somewhere mm -hmm. and he just starts carving. He's got a blade. He just starts carving. Oh, I mean, yeah, because if you think about it, it could be that he's even, I mean, this is a little gruesome, but I mean, it is what it is, where partially eaten and like stuck on the teeth. So then like, well, since I'm here and then start just carving that map into the tooth. Well, and even like if you don't want to go the gruesome route, like he has a peg leg, it gets wedged in between. Oh, yeah. You know, whales don't floss. So, <laughs> you know. Just, you know, he's stuck, can't get out, starts just, just carving into the tooth, which I guess he also takes a bit of pleasure in because the whale doesn't exactly, it's like an annoying cavity, you know, yep. you get something stuck back there, you can't reach it. And he just starts just carving in and it's this where his treasure lies. And if you want to even add like a, a bit more of a step to send him on an adventure, maybe it's where the different keys, like he's broken and hidden keys, mm -hmm. and they have to go and collect them to get to and open up the treasure. I like it. 
So that kind of kind of gets us both four and five of where it leads to why the map maker made it. And clearly it's kind of their we've kind of made it their final act. So the twist I've been thinking the whole time, because it is this unconventional format, is that what if you know, and in giving a lot of credit to the grog spitter, what if you have to take the triangle and essentially create a map by like almost stamping in what the triangle is. So it's not the full map. It's a partial map that you could almost like a stamp that you would have to figure out what combination is it like a, you know, are you doing like a octagon? Are you doing a square? Like, how are you figuring this out? That would be something cool. It would be to try to recreate it. You definitely would need to work through some, some angles, but I love it. That is a great idea. You know, just kind of take the tooth and your, if you were to like, say it's like at the base, a foot wide, two feet long, and then take a piece of paper and just say it's carved both sides, mm-hmm. stamp, roll, stamp, roll, stamp, roll, stamp, carved in just such a way, kind of like taking a, a piece of paper that looks like a map. I can't remember what those things are called. But if you fold the paper in a specific way, all of a sudden it makes a new picture or a new oh, map. Yes, I don't know the term for that either. Yeah, but that that is that would be something cool and a possibility to bring. One of the other things I was thinking of is maybe there's some sort of magic where like it could have something written on it like run that which what I came from over me to reveal what I was made for, or some something like that mm-hmm. where you have to like pour salt water. Oh. over it and then like you see tracks appear like things that wouldn't appear in there initially when it's dry yeah it it reveals itself so there's maybe that magical twist too which could work with the stamp as well i like it so i was thinking it's not on there but i mean we can work out some fun ideas what would players find in the treasure hoard of the grog spitter oh let's see you know, probably like your typical gems and jewels, probably a, a few magic items. I would imagine like around Chult, there would also be items that if they came from like Waters Deep or Camelport or someplace would be like exotic. You know, if you were to take and bring like silks and spi- like spices and such. But I also think maybe they would find uh, like an ancient magical something like a, was that that... Uh, Ship in a box. What's it called? Uh, it's in the it's in the DMG's guide. The is it Qual? Oh, Qual. Yeah, Qual's feather token. Uh, there's a ship one, something like that, which would uh, help ease the them getting back a bit, but also could, you know, so you don't do the time warp of well, then you carry the treasure out. Now you have to sail out, mm-hmm. and that's going to take some doing. I like that. I also like, and this is this may be too comical, but it makes me very happy. So I'm going to say it anyways. You end up taking the tooth and like a magical peg leg, and you have this really interesting axe that someone can use. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You make you make it out of the you make it out of the both. I like that. Yep. Take, yeah, taking two pieces that don't seem like anything, but then put, you know, figuring out that putting them together creates this magical hand axe that um, I would, I don't know. I don't know all the attributes I would give it. I mean, 
I almost want to give like a fat, like a faster speed or like also knowing exactly where you should go. Cause you've like, you've integrated this magical map, something like that. Or, you know, maybe like a shovel of some sort, you know, mm. and then it's, it's like the, uh, I think Matt and I did a, a homebrew. It's like the uh, spoon of digging where it's like, yeah, you have a spoon. You could dig through anything, but it's a spoon. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's going to take you time. This could be like a shovel that expedites dirt, you know, just, just, or, or it's, it's like a sentient shovel that just digs for you. And you, you can make like a little palisade within an hour, you know, yeah. for, for uh, protection, you know, a little dugout palisade. Sir, I say we've done it. We've done it once again. So the most important question I have is where can people go to find you on the internet? They could find us on iTunes, uh, just typing in Detentions and Dragons. We also happen to have a, a WordPress page. Uh, just type Detentions and Dragons into Google. Uh, they could also check us out on Facebook, and uh, th- or they could contact me or Matt. Um, they can contact me at Professor Olaf on Twitter. Yep. And for us, if you have any ideas about your treasure maps or anything like that, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com, or you can head over and follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, all lowercase, all put together, and you can follow our daily dmnastics there. And of course, for everything else on the network, including Detentions and Dragons, you can always head to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and check out what we have going on there. And with that, we're going to head to our post-workout cooldown and stretch with... The light bulb. Light bulb. So for today's light bulb, I am not alone because I would get scared, but I have an amazing guest with me and I will let them introduce themselves. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Corey Strain. I am from Zero's Talking Heroes and I'm I'm tinkering with the uh, Block Party Podcast Network here and there. Definitely. Yes, I like it. And you have brought to me an idea that I wanted to talk about and share. So if you want to introduce it, we can just jump right in. So uh, when I heard about the idea of a light bulb, I just rattled my brain about what I bring to every game table I've ever been at, even if it's at my computer. And I never play a game without something to drink, right? Who does that? Yep. Very parched people. That's who. I mean, this game is verbal, right? Like, most of what we're doing is via words, via speaking. We're not physically doing very much. So without something to drink, it's going to be a very long night, right? I used to bring... This is not healthy. This is not a good idea. This is not your takeaway from our conversation. But 7-Eleven used to have something called the Team Gulp. And it was a 128 ounce container that you could go and like refill for like a couple dollars maybe do you remember that episode of a specific show that was kind of a spinoff of the office that talked exactly about stuff like this no oh my goodness amy poehler is the lead and it's a hysterical episode they call it <sighs> okay they call it baby size because it's the size of an actual baby the size yes, of the soda correct Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. Perfect. But that's not what we're going to talk about. No, no, not Instead. at all. So the idea of drinks, not only, like you said, to provide provide refreshment, but also the ability to thematically present them, I think is the big thing that we wanted to kind of bring that idea to the table, quite literally. Exactly. I mean, 
how many campaigns have we played in or listened to if you're a fan of the audio podcast medium like I am that end up starting in taverns or, or even by a campfire with everybody sharing a cup of coffee, whatever it is, so often it's a visceral thing that connects the player to the character because it's something that we connect with. We actually do drink water. We actually do have coffee. So if your player is also doing the same thing, it connects you viscerally with them. Yeah, and the idea of it being anything that you want it to be is also a key that we want to convey like you know and it doesn't have to be this or that it can be literally anything you want also i am super down to make something extremely gross because they are going somewhere that like would have like a super backwater kind of situation and you know that classic okay my dwarf's gonna go and yeah i'll drink it which is actually exactly what i did to endear myself to a group of orcs in the last game i played and i had to roll constitution so part of me would almost want to make something terrible that the player would have to actually drink but maybe that's a step too far i mean a little light hazing never hurt anybody but going even the other way as a dm or somebody running the game you can bring just different colored drinks and say well if you want you're not in a tavern today you're in a combat situation here take this green drink that i made and that's your health potion or whatever it is so it can go either way and and if you prepare correctly i mean there's so many avenues that you can take it regardless of situation yeah, and I've seen it a lot more often now with the potion idea because, and I'm not sure what it is and I'm not sure how it tastes, but it definitely looks super cool. It's like the glitter that they essentially add in. So it almost makes it look like this shimmering liquid that like the consistency almost looks different as it's swirling around. But I mean, the options are just becoming more and more limitless of what you could do. In this day and age where you go on to social media and they have videos of how to make all of these weird different meals and drinks and stuff like that a quick trip to any any google search you can find a way to do this stuff pretty easily i mean it's not very hard so do we have any specific ones that we could think of to mention i can't i can't come up with what it is specifically but essentially what it is is when you make it it's something that's pretty popular around halloween um, and it's a drink that you make that is essentially not finished jello, where it has a little bit of a thicker, slimier consistency, but is still liquid. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Viscous. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a little more viscous. I like. I love that idea. Well, the other thing for me is also if you implement it and continually implement it, the ability for your players to visually or using their senses identify a potion i think is a really cool thing that could be added long term of like you know and it could just be smaller vials or you know in a very small bottle of it that you have but then they can see it they can smell it you can also really mess with them on it i mean <laughs> but you can you get what i mean you could instill the ability to be like oh, okay this is definitely a, a health potion toss it in the bag and they move on well, even on that same wavelength there, I was talking to a patron at my establishment today. He's a big D&D &D player, and 
he was giving me tips on how to play a wizard because I don't I've never played wizards. I'm entering into a my first real attempt at it myself right now. And he was making reference to how to remember what spells you have prepared or how many spell slots you have left. And he's like little post-its with it on it. If you physically had vials of, let's say, health potion and you gave them out as the players had them, they're not going to forget how many they have left. If they've drank, Mm -hmm. if they have four and they've already drank three, they physically have representation. Oh, I only have one left. I have to be careful. I like it. And even what you drink in, right? For fairly little, you can find different shapes and styles of glasses and mugs and really all sorts of things that kind of put you in that world that you're trying to mm-hmm. build. Yep. I guess we can we can kind of wrap it up with the idea of never be afraid to go somewhere like Michael's. They have the coolest things there. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah, you're going to see a bunch of stuff you definitely don't want to buy, but there is a ton of stuff that you can totally use at your table. See, I'm terrified to go into Michael's, not for that purpose, but because I usually go in with my fiance, and I know that my wallet's going to hurt by the end of it. She loves that place, and you're right. I I walk through there every time. I'm like, I could put this on a really cool game table and make this work. It's everywhere, around every corner in that shop. It's a dangerous place. (laughs) Yes. But with that, I think we've done it, and we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But above all that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?